0: Welcome, welcome on into the first round fantasy podcast. If you're doing it from home and you have a spouse looking at you like she's very angry, we might have to turn the show off early. I'm your host, Gabriel (laughs) Maramontas. I'm joined today by Jacob Bartley and Damont Ricks. Gentlemen, how are we doing? We're doing great.
1: man. First great week of football.
0: Go
2: Raiders. Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, well, yeah, you guys good. are coming off a big win for your team. That was Huge.
0: exciting. Yeah. It was a good, good game.
1: Best uh, game of the week.
0: You know, I feel like I need to delete friends on Facebook. So many people out there, like, you read things on Facebook, and you look at these people who are, like, 30, 33 years old, and they're over here talking about these damn Raider fans. They want to talk as soon as they win. And I'm just like, I don't think I need those people in my life anymore. <laughs> like – what? Like who are you hanging out with? Where it, it's just like a really weird scenario. I guess we're just getting older, guys. And like trash talk and stuff like that. I mean, trash talk is health, is healthy, but the stuff I see nowadays, especially between like Raiders and Niners fans, it's it's really weird. But uh they don't even play each other every five years. Like, what's up with that?
1: No, honestly, um, I don't even dislike the Raiders. I I'm happy for you guys when you win. I dislike the 49ers though. Hey, like, I dislike uh,
0: the 49ers too. But it's I'm like happy when your
1: um like your little cousin hits a home run in Little League, you're you're happy for him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know? All right, all me? right. Wow. We don't want to get too deep into. it Welcome on into the first round fantasy podcast. You're home for second <laughs> round advice. You can find us anywhere <laughs> on the social feeds: Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at First Round Fantasy. You can also find us here on YouTube if you're listening at First Round Fantasy. Be sure to find, uh, be sure to find our podcast wherever you get your podcast We're virtually everywhere. So if you look and you don't see us where you listen to your podcast, um. You must have looked somewhere, right? Because you're listening to us right now. So awesome. Great. Cool. Also, be sure to like and subscribe. It does so much for us. You want to make us happy, right? I guarantee it. If you like and subscribe this week, you will win your fantasy matchup. There. I said it. Bold moves, Cotton. Here we go. Also, last but not least, trade evaluator form. It is out. Jacob Bartley's lovable creation. We want to get in depth. We want to know what you're thinking, the moves that you're making in your leagues. So please always feel free. If you're sitting on the fence about something and you want an extra opinion, fill it out. It's down in the link below. We'd love to hear from you. Gentlemen, week one, biggest takeaways what are we feeling after the excitement, the highs and the lows of week one and everything that comes with it? I'll hand it off to you first, Jacob. Biggest takeaway from week one. What are you feeling? So I tell I've been telling people like, look, we're a
1: weekly podcast. We can only cover so much. So I think it's cool for us to off the top, just what are your biggest, what's your biggest takeaway? And there's a lot of stuff that happened and we can't cover it all. But for me, one thing that stood out heavily to me is the performances of the top three. Rookie, rookie wide receivers coming into the year. So hmm. they I'm talking about Jamar chase, Devonte Smith and Jalen Waddle. All three of them provided you fantasy points and helped you win or helped you at least put up a fight. And that's one thing we weren't sure we could count on in week one. We were worried about Jamar chase. Uh, Smith was injured in the preseason a- and you know, Waddle, we just didn't know what to expect. And, They all three, they didn't all have great games. Like if you look at the stat lines, they're not all amazing. But the bottom line is they put up points for you on your fantasy team. And I think that's really good because I think it votes well for them going forward. Like I think I feel very comfortable starting all three of those guys in my flex going forward. So that was my biggest takeaway.
0: Yeah, that's a good takeaway. That's a good takeaway, man. Um, I I liked one that you didn't mention. He He didn't get a lot of action. But when you look at a guy like Terrence Marshall over there in uh, Carolina, You know, he had six targets. He didn't do a lot with them. Yeah, that's promising as well, too. Promising as well because he was – he out-targeted DeMond's favorite player, Robbie Anderson, a.k.a. Skinny Leagues. And, (laughs) uh, you know, it just goes to show that some of these guys are being integrated into the system sooner than you would think, right? So you want to see it. You want them to get the ball. You want them to get the time and the experience. So hopefully at the end of the season – these guys that didn't pop off week one are popping off weeks eight and later, and winning your fantasy uh, championships if you
2: hit them. If you're going after one of those guys, who would you guys want to trade for now out of
0: those three? Oh, that's, that's a good, good question. question. Yeah. <laughs> um, I got to be honest. If I if I'm picking one today between the the big three, Chase yeah. Waddle and Devontae Smith, I think Devontae Smith's value is too high. I think Jamar Chase's value is too high. I still think a lot of people are questionable about Jalen Waddle, and therefore, I think I'd get the best value for him or be able to give up the least value for him. Uh, just with you know Will Fuller about to come back, that team didn't look good against a great New England defense. I just think that there's more opportunity for you to make wiggle room there, and I still think that as the season progresses, Jalen Waddle is going to be a PPR monster running those routes underneath. And he got a touchdown in week one, so that's exciting. So Jalen Waddle's the guy I'm going to aim for. Not because he's the best, but because I think I can get the best value for him.
1: Yeah, the best value. Sure. What about you, I think that that makes sense, Gabe. uh, I'm actually – if I were to trade for one, it would be Devontae Smith. I think he's going to have the most consistency going throughout the whole season, and I'm – at this point, I'm willing to give, pay the price tag if I really need a wide receiver because somebody drafted him as their third or fourth wide receiver, and they might not need him, so they might be willing to give him up if you have some running back depth or something. So I would still try to get Devontae Smith.
2: We all have different guys because I would go chase. I would spend a little extra to try and get him because I think he's only going to get better throughout the season. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah and didn't I T. Higgins – I, 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 Jacob and I had just made a trade in one of our leagues, and it involved T. Higgins. I won't get into too much of it. And literally that day they're playing the games and I see Tegan H- T Higgins pop up on my Yahoo report as yeah, uh, left yeah, the game yeah. questionable to return. And I'm like, ah, oh, yay when that happens, right? But so it looks he, like he went back out. And he,
1: he, he went, went back in. into the game and put yeah, a good yeah, more Yeah, he had a good back. game.
0: So Yo, that's a, I guess that's another thing. Guys like Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts who have these high upsides, these you know, but the floors are really questionable with them. They could have very low floors. They both came out and showed – us what they can do. They both had great fantasy performances. Jalen Hurts looked good, and Joe Burrow looked good. Um, so that's pretty exciting too. It's good when guys for fantasy are good for fantasy. It's just what it is. <laughs> Demond, what's your biggest takeaway from Week One? My
2: biggest takeaway, and I'm upset about it because <laughs> I liked them all off season, but I feel like Joe Mixon is a league winning running back that you drafted most likely in a third round. Like, say you go CMC. A top receiver, and then Mixon. Mixon had 29 carries this week. Nobody else was even close to that. His backup is Samaj P. Ryan. And that's not even the end of it. He stays in on passing now. So he caught four balls for like 39 yards. Like this guy is like the only workhorse that I've seen through all these games this week, except for CMC, obviously. Like just on the field all the time. Well, except for Najee, but Najee didn't do nothing. But
0: I'm 100% in agreement with you, Demond. Joe Mixon and
2: is a, a league
0: winner. A league winner. That kind of value, that kind of takeaway, he's going to be amazing. I think people shied away from him. That's why he fell so far down into the third round because uh, of his injury history. People were promised year and year after year of Joe Mixon's success. And year after year after year, he's gotten the opportunity, he gets injured. He's gotten the opportunity, yeah. uh, he got injured. So. If he can second, stay healthy. Second year, yeah.
2: Second year Burrow, right? Like he, yeah. he knows the system more. He drafted his his wide receiver. It just makes it mm-hmm. that offense is so balanced. Like I want all all parts of that offense.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of question marks were about that offensive line too. You were like, I don't know if I want to take any piece of Joe Mixon with how bad the offensive line is. Is Joe Burrow going to get enough time to throw? It seemed just fine in week one yeah. against supposedly. Against a good team uh, too. Much the thing. Against the Vikings. That's a good well, team. Well, yeah, they were horrible last year, but people thought they were going to be better this year. Yeah. So maybe we're seeing more of the same and that they are horrible. So we need to wait for a more proven true. test. Yeah. Nonetheless, they still looked good. Uh, Jacob, any thoughts?
1: No, that's a great one, honestly. I think that. You know, Mixon, a lot of people are worried about him. And that's – there's different levels of league winners, right? There's like waiver wire league winners. There's guys you drafted at the very end of your draft Ooh, league winners. Yeah. There's guys yeah. who fell to the third round league winners, and that's the kind of league winner that Joe Mixon can be. And, hey, if he stays – I never doubted his talent. It's, I just doubted his injury, and I, I, I avoided him. I don't have him in any league, and I'm feeling that right now. So that's a good takeaway, to be honest.
0: Yeah, well, I'll move on to mine really quick here. It's not so much of a takeaway as it is gauging your level of concern, gentlemen. So I'll ask you both. Both the Packers and Titans played ball on third Sunday, and uh, they were on the losing ends of both of those games, and they did so in horrendous fashion. So with that being said, uh, I mean, look at the Packers specifically. Aaron Rodgers was horrible. Aaron Jones only had six carries, I think. Um, you know, Devontae Adams, five for like 56 or something. Was it that the New Orleans Saints defense was just that good? Or was it just that the Packers were just that bad? <laughs> they had the Detroit Lions on Monday. You're obviously starting Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and Aaron Jones again, right? You have to. Yeah,
1: you what do have you, think? To. you have to start them. I Honestly, I don't have a lot of shares of these guys, but – I'm not worried about them. Like I, I think they're. This was an outlier game. If, if Aaron Rodgers, you know, just gives it a little bit more effort, they're going to be fine. And same for Titans too. I think. I think these were outlier
0: games. It's funny you mentioned effort because he came out in post game interview and said that they literally just felt underprepared. They thought that they'd be able to go in and just win this game, and then they got literally bulldozered. Um, and those were words literally out of. Aaron Rodgers' mouth. You so see, that, yeah. that, that doesn't make sense though,
2: because how do you think you're going to beat the Saints? Like that's not like, it's not like you're playing a script team. Like maybe the they Ryan thought Winston was going to throw like five interceptions,
0: but, but guess what he did? He threw five touchdowns.
2: I'm <laughs> concerned. I'm concerned with Green Bay. I want no part of Green Bay. If I had Adams and Jones, I would try and sell them.
0: The whole of what the off was, and is he going to play? Is he not going to play? You know, I don't no, need I've that kind of it. negativity on my fantasy football team. So uh, I have no shares of Aaron Rodgers this year, and rightly so. But, uh, I've, Jacob never, said, I've never seen that. Yeah, Jacob says, you know, feel comfortable starting all your guys. I think you can definitely start Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. Aaron Rodgers, he's a guy that was already almost top 10 anyways in some people's eyes. So with that being said, you might find a better option out there to stream until Aaron Rodgers gets his act together or shows that he can do it. But I think Monday night against the Lions is a perfect opportunity. Let's look at the other side of the ball or the other game, the Tennessee Titans. A lot of high hopes coming into this one. Expected to be a shootout. It was a shootout, but it was a drive-by shooting because the (laughs) Arizona Cardinals absolutely ran through the Tennessee Titans. Um, Everyone had a bad game, right? A.J. Brown was saved by a touchdown. Everybody really wanted Tannehill to do just a little bit more. Um, he really wasn't that serviceable. And then you oh, have guys like, uh, let's see, Julio Jones and Derrick Henry, of course, who didn't get a lot of work in. So they play against the Seahawks next Sunday. Are you starting all those guys back up again? I have a lot of shares oh, in Ryan yeah, for Terrell, sure. yeah, yeah. So I will be starting him up again, uh, Derrick Henry as well. I guess our level of concern isn't too high. Jacob seems to be like, yeah, I'm just going to throw him out there. Yeah, you throw him yeah. Out. I
1: mean, what can you do? It's week one, and you know, I, I wanted to focus on overreactions to week one on this episode, and like that's the point. It's like either maybe we have some overreactions, but also we want to fight against other people's overreactions. And I think benching a Henry or a AJ Brown, even a Julio, because you have a better option than in your flex than than a Julio, you know. So. It just, uh, yeah, I don't think you do. So you got to start them still until we see multiple weeks of underperforming.
0: Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more with you, Jacob. Um, we got some technical baby issues on set, but it's okay. We roll through them here on the show. Yeah, I Jacob, get your baby, dude. Come on, Jacob, get it <laughs> together, dude. Yeah, that was the five. first
1: baby we've had on the show. We literally had a baby sitting in the show one time, so it's I fine. think it yes. was our
0: it was DeMont's first ever episode, right? He just comes in walking with his baby. Yeah, you like, got to thing, hey, do it together, guys. Hey, we have that story forever now, so Yeah. It's cool. It's etched in our memories. It's great. Let's talk <laughs> about some injury news. Uh one of the big ones, Raheem Mostert, two carries into the game, averaging 10 yards a carry. Then he's gone. He's out for the season now. That is confirmed. We'll be getting into just a little bit of that as we go on, so I won't spend too much time. Jerry Judy, he was my guy this year. He was my knight in the shining armor. That's a big one. He's going to miss four to six weeks. They say the long side of that is six weeks, which is probably more likely. Um, in the first half, he looked great, man. Six for 72. All my emotions were happy and joyous because I've been preaching him all off-season, and now it just looks like, He's gonna take some time, so that's unfortunate. Ryan Fitzpatrick also going to miss some time. How does this affect guys like Terry McLaurin, even Antonio Gibson, maybe even Logan Thomas? Uh, Logan Thomas. Initial thoughts are, you know, I like Ryan Fitz- Fitz- Fitzpatrick a lot. I also don't mind uh, what's his name, Tyler Hennicki. So I think they're not like a clone of one another, but I think they're both serviceable in the NFL. So I'll give it a few weeks before I start to hit the panic button on a guy like Terry McLaurin, who's not getting enough mm-hmm. volume. But we'll just have to wait and see. And then last but not least, it's been confirmed. Odell Beckham Jr. out again this week. I don't really care too much about Odell Beckham yeah, Jr. Nobody's right. starting him
2: well,
0: Yeah, and even weird, when he does come back, you're not starting him. Yeah. Until he shows it. Well, unless you have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Um, well, I guess that's it then. We just hit on injury news. Then we're getting into the meaty portion, fellas. Our waiver – oh, no, never mind. Waiver wire. (laughs) I thought it was dark horses. All over today. But most of your waiver wires probably already hit so far. Jacob made the good point before the show that, hey, not every league is the same. Some waivers roll every single day. Some waivers roll Thursday morning. So if these guys still happen to be on your waiver wire, be sure to take a look for them uh i'll go first tim patrick that is jerry judy's replacement out there in denver i just think that they're gonna serve the same type of role before jerry judy was out he served some time in the slot tim patrick inserts into that role i think he'll do just fine they got a primo matchup against jacksonville next week you'd love to see it you'd love to see it um so i'm all excited i'm actually playing tim patrick over guys like jacoby myers over guy i Right now, I'm on the fence between him and Chase Claypool, uh, and that's mostly because of bias. I don't want to start a guy like Chase Claypool over my Raiders, but I think I might pull that trigger. Um, but I was I was teetering, and I guess I'll get into that a little bit more later. But Chase uh, Tim Patrick is my first guy. I'm starting him in a handful of leagues, on the fence about him in some, but he's a guy that I think you can plug in right away, and he will be serviceable for your fantasy football team. Jacob, what's yours? Oh, that's a
1: good one, and if we were all as smart as DeMont, we'd already have Tim Patrick on our rosters because DeMont has him in the that's Dynasty cool. League. Uh, or before. Didn't I
0: trade you to him, DeMont? Didn't I trade him to you?
1: No, I think he, no, he picked, I him last, last yeah, picked him up yeah, yeah. No, last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Um,
0: that's a good thing.
1: So, look, we all know the big waiver wire pickup this week. It's Elijah Mitchell, and obviously we're each choosing our favorite, so I think we all avoided him because he's the obviously everybody's favorite one. But, uh, and we'll talk more about him later on in the episode. But my favorite one, honestly, is I think, and I think this is more long term for the season, is Kenneth Gainwell of the Philadelphia Eagles. He should be owned, to be honest. We thought, um, Boston Scott was going to be the direct backup to Miles Sanders. It looks like Kenneth Gainwell is. Uh, I, it's on stupid, on this platform looking at, they only show the rushing stats. And I can't see, he had, I think he had a catch, uh, or a couple catches, but he ran for, uh, 37 yards and nine touches, but as a backup, that's pretty good. And I, I don't know his receiving stats at the top of my head, but they, they weren't bad. And the thing for me is Miles Sanders is already uh, questionable in practice like today. So if Miles Sanders is out, honestly, Kenneth Gainwell is going to be a top 20 running back if Miles Sanders ever misses. So I, and honestly, I trust that situation where there's only three guys, Boston, Scott, Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell. And you know the pecking order. You know who's going to have the ball. You know who's starting. I trust that more than the 49ers backfield. So I would I would love getting Kenneth Gainwell for much cheaper than Elijah Mitchell.
2: Yeah, and he might have standalone value, to be honest. Like, yeah, I think he,
1: flex, he yeah, he could. He could, yeah. yeah. He's those, a great pass catcher, honestly.
0: Yeah, exactly. Taking those pass catching uh, – um, all those pass catching downs. Not too bad of a pick. I I like him too. Miles Sanders. Am I muted? No, I'm not. Miles mm-hmm. Sanders. Um, you know, I was skeptical of him this offseason. He had a great week one, but I think we just saw that in that offense there might be some capabilities there to have two viable guys in the backfield. So he's worth a he's worth a pickup for sure. Jacob, good uh, good pick. Damon, I'll hand it over to you. Stirs yours. I have a trio
2: good. of receivers. Two of them are. Like mostly own fifty percent. I got Sterling Shepard and Christian Kirk on that end. So these two guys should be on teams, to be honest. But uh, if they're not, I would go out. They're worth a waiver wire pickup for sure. I made the mistake of thinking that uh, Galladay was going to be important over there. So that's my um that's my fault. <laughs> but Christian Kirk looked good. Um, if it seems like uh, Murray looks for him on, on on the deep balls, which is good, but. My low, 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 like dark horse is Hunter Winfro, six six catches, nine targets, seventy yards. And today the Raiders just submitted a complaint to the NFL because he was being held and tackled like repeatedly by uh Queen on the Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So he could have easily had like a hundred yard a game if that guy wasn't <laughs>
1: cheating. So that's funny so, that Renfro is just was Justin's if he would have made the show. So good pick. Oh really?
2: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I would I would pick him. I'm actually probably going to in a bunch of leagues.
0: So Hunter Renfro over those two yeah. guys. Hunter Renfro. Oh, over those two guys. That might be your. Well, Wait, I mean, I'll tell you this. I like. True, true, true. I like Christian Kirk. Uh, He's also got some really good – well, he doesn't have the best matchups coming up, but uh, he's got the Vikings and then the Jaguars, two susceptible defenses, and we know that he got some deep balls there. So I like Christian Kirk, and I like Sterling Shepard. I was actually doing some research today, and carrying over from last season, this was Sterling Shepard's third game where he caught a touchdown last year in your fantasy playoffs – or actually week 17, so it doesn't matter – He had 113 yards and a touchdown. Uh, The week before that, I think he had like 80 yards and a touchdown. So he's putting together a string of games here carrying over from last year where we're seeing a little bit of a connection with him and Daniel Jones. I was kind of skeptical at first because I thought, you know, Evan Ingram wasn't there. He was out. He was injured. Maybe when he comes back, that's going to dip into it. But Evan Ingram was there last year. And it just seems that when Sterling Shepard's healthy and Daniel Jones is still on the ball, Sterling Shepard's going to catch some balls. So uh, I like Sterling Shepard the most out of your three. Don't we always get excited for him, though, and then pick him up? That's that's my
2: problem. I've gone through
1: the past four or five years thinking, he's going to be the guy. They trade Odell. Sterling Shepard's going to be the guy. Never happens. He always has the target share, though.
0: So we'll see. Well, yeah, I guess we'll see, but uh, I do I like Sterling up. Shepard. So I'll say I'll be the guy to throw my hat in the ring this time. How about you guys sit back, do your thing. I mean, it was I'll DeMont's be- pick, by the <laughs> Oh, that's true. It was DeMont's pick, but anyways. <laughs> All right, now it's time, folks. The main, the cream of the crop, our time, our favorite part of the show. It is our Dark Horses of the Week. Let's get into it. I will hand it over to Jacob Hartley first. Jacob Hartley. Uh, first, let's recap, actually. Yeah. Let's see how we did. Last week, Dark Horses, uh, I had Melvin Gordon, thanks a lot, to that 70-yard touchdown run. That saved me and hit him over the ceiling board for me, so I hit on that one. Jacob, you had Trey Sermon, but then I believe you fell back on Raheem Moster. I think you get a, you know, like a NA this week. because Yeah, just exactly. Yeah. It's gross. Yeah, it was it was gross, so uh, we'll, we'll let that one slide. Joseph went with Gus Edwards. Uh, which I believe he then tilted back to Tyson Williams. So I believe that's a hit as well. Tyson Williams, 18 fantasy points. Um, So that's good. And Justin went with Trevor Lawrence, went out and dished 30 fantasy points. Um, Didn't look so good for actual NFL purposes, but he put up a pretty good fantasy day. So you can't complain about that. Let's talk about this week, gentlemen, and I'll start with you, Jacob Bartley. Who is your week two dark horse?
1: Yeah. So again, we want to reiterate that we're not choosing CMC, like start CMC as a dark horse. We're choosing, you know, guys that you're on the fence about starting or guys you might not ever think about starting. So my choice for week two dark horse, I I want to go with a guy that I really believe in and that I think could have a big matchup this week. Now we just talked about the Packers and I'm going with AJ Dillon as my dark horse of the week. Now I will admit this is more for deeper leagues or, If you're really desperate at running back, we play in a, uh, us three are actually in this league. We play in a 12 team dynasty league where we have 10 roster spots, double flex and a super flex. So the rosters are spread out uh, very thinly and I'm throwing him into my flex this week because I think the Packers are going to come out on fire. They're going to, I think they're going to blow the lions out. I think Aaron Jones is going to help them get that lead. And then I think they're going to let, AJ Dillon run the clock out all game and Mm -hmm. he's going to end up with a good stat line enough to get you um, maybe 12 to 15 fantasy points. I'm not saying he's going to blow up and get you 30 this week, but I do think he's either going to run the clock out once the Packers are up or he's at least going to find the end zone. So I think you can get a good start out of AJ Dillon this week. That's my dark horse for week two.
0: Yeah, you're banking on the fact that the Packers are going to go out and blow up the Detroit Lions. I believe that's who they're playing on Monday Night Football. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and yeah. It, it, it's, a, it's a perfect scenario. If that happens and they're looking to kill some clock, A.J. Dillon is your guy. They also saw some shared work in that game against New Orleans. They both got five car- five or six carries, so there was a shared workload there. It's a matter of who falls in the end zone. And if A.J. Dillon is a Dillon's bigger back, he might be the guy that's in and around the end zone, so he could follow his way into a touchdown. Um, Jacob, that's not a bad pick. I like it. It's a true dark horse, I will say.
1: No, it is. And you – I mean, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but Joe knows I'm A.J. Dillon fanboy. I love this guy, so uh, I'm I'm rooting for him. But I'm not just going to blindly, you know, suggest to start him. I, I think this is just a unique situation where you can't start him this week.
0: Fair. Fair enough. Damon, what about you? Your week two like dark it. horse. So – me and a
2: probably a million other Americans I drafted James Robinson were sitting on our couch, you know, <laughs> excited. Trevor Lawrence, LaVisca Chennault, James Robinson. What's gonna happen? Like I'm sitting there, I'm I'm so excited. I have the game on Sunday ticket. That's the game I'm watching. And what do I see? Carlos Hyde rushing the ball, out rushing James Robinson, right? So my dark horse is James Robinson. Only because I do not want you to bench him next week for Elijah Mitchell, because I guarantee you James Robinson will do better than Elijah Mitchell next week. <laughs> James Robinson has 64% of the snaps. Hyde only had 34%, but just when they put Hyde in, they would run the ball. Trevor Lawrence threw 51 times, which is ridiculous. You're not going to win a game unless you're Aaron Rodgers or Peyton Manning if you throw the ball 51 times. So there's no way they're going to come out and do that again. And who do they play next week, actually? The Jaguars? Chicago. Uh, sh-
1: That's a good what? question.
0: Oh, hold on one second. Who do the Jaguars play? Yeah, who again? do they play next week? I believe they play Denver. Yeah. Denver Denver, Chicago.
1: yeah. Denver.
0: Oh, Denver. Not an
2: easy matchup, but I would still run with them just because I think they're gonna force feed them. And uh I wouldn't think Hyde is going to be a problem only because he only played 34% of the snaps. The only reason he outrushed him was because they just ran the ball in those short percentage of snaps that he was in. Um, So, yeah, that's my dark horse. I think he's going to go over 100 yards next week, combined yardage. Wow. um, Big boy
0: making big moves. I like it, man. Urban Meyer came out and said today – that they do not plan to throw the ball over 50 times a game like they did last week in Houston. They want to establish the run. Who do you do that with? Not Carlos Hyde. James Robinson should look to be more involved, and you should start him with confidence, according to Demont Ricks. And you have my backing too, Demont. That is a good dark horse pick. Some people might be jaded.
1: You have to say you'll start no, him it your should, not should. It should be a good call because if Urban Meyer – wants to change, you know, obviously it didn't work. They played arguably the worst team in the league and they couldn't perform. So he had, he has to
0: put the ball in the younger, fresher running backs hands. So hopefully that's right. That's right. All right. My 20 or I'm sorry, my week two dark horse. Uh, Again, I was, I mentioned this earlier. I was teetering on the fence about starting him or someone else. And I'm going to go ahead and do it. It's chase Claypool wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Look, last week, or I guess on Monday night, you saw Marquise Brown, that deep threat for Baltimore, able to get behind that Raiders defense. They are susceptible back there. They gave up a few deep throws to not only him but Sammy Watkins. Chase Claypool is that guy for the Steelers. He's going to be that guy that does the gadget plays behind the line of scrimmage. He's also going to be that guy that runs downfield and takes those long bombs. I see him doing that a handful of times against my Las Vegas Raiders this week. Hopefully, the Raiders can pull it out. I got faith in you guys. But that's not to say that Chase Claypool is going to have himself a day. A lot of people might be Debbie Downers on him this week because of last week's performance against the Buffalo Bills. I do not have any worry about that. Buffalo Bills are the real deal when it comes to defense. What I do have a worry about is Ben Roethlisberger. He showed a lot of the same last week of what he is not capable of doing anymore at this stage in his career. However... When you play the Raiders and you play that defense, something in the passing game is going to go right, Uh, and I believe that's going to go Chase Claypool's way this week. So I I believe so. I have him jotted down here. What were you going to say, DeMond? Oh, no, continue. Oh, I just have him down here for plus 18 or more fantasy points. I was going to be bullish and have him at 20, but I think on Yahoo right now he's right around 15. So I'd say right there between 18 and 20. And, hey, if he gets over 20, he's doing his job and some. So I like Chase, Chase Claypool this week against Pittsburgh Steelers.
2: I was just going to say I like that because I've never seen Hype die so fast after one week. Before <laughs> this season, Claypool was the guy you want to draft him. Oh, he's like uh, the best mid-round pick. And now it's like I don't – You would nobody's even trying to mess with him after that week one. But that was a tough matchup, like
1: you said.
0: Well, I think if we have enough time, we're well, going to really get quick one just,
1: uh I'll just get uh, my thoughts on that real quick. I think that's a Go good ahead. call, Gabe, because if you look at what Marquise Hollywood Brown did against the Raiders, not saying that Claypool is going to do so, like, be the one to ball out out of the three uh, Steelers wide receivers, but one, one or more of them are. So
0: I think that's a good call. I like subtly. As our camera angles change – from welcoming justin into the show we'll get to you in a second justin as the camera angles changed i looked at jacob's camera and i noticed you had a notepad or something behind you and you immediately realized it and turned it face down what is that jacob what are you you hiding it's a calendar calendar, all right you certainly turned that over uh really quick dude? Yeah, show us the what first page uh,
1: personal stuff but anyways we have
0: a viewer question
1: <laughs> we have a viewer question and welcome justin to the podcast uh there we'll go. start this viewer question uh real quick and then maybe we can get justin's uh dark horse for the week so oh, yeah, we yeah. got a question from renaissance man hello renaissance man thank you for joining us and they asked who is the more productive rb for the rest of the season trey sermon or eliza mitchell um i'm gonna talk more about this later but i'll just give my quick thought who the hell knows but do you guys have any thoughts on that let's start with justin maybe
3: uh i gotta go with uh elijah i mean shanahan's a no bs type of guy and if he's gonna come out and just call it how it is i don't see how it's gonna change overall because they're both rookies it's not like they had different playing grounds so that was i was shocking but he did well
1: I would argue that Shanahan is an all BS guy, but that's a a conversation for another time. Uh, Gabriel DeMont, you guys got any thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, man, that's your guys' backfield out there in San Francisco. Uh, With that being said, I think it's going to be a hot hand every single week approach. Whoever's doing great is going to be the guy to get the carries. Clearly, Elijah Mitchell had the hot hand last week. I think he'll be the one to get the run of the mill next week. Um, And then if he can keep it strong, he's going to be the guy to keep it going. So that's whoever has the hot hand over there in San Francisco. But if I had to answer the question straight up, rest of season, that is a bold call right now. I'd probably have to lean Trey Sermon. You don't invest that kind of draft capital on a guy and don't use him. So I think – Yeah, I mean, easy.
1: I said who the hell knows, and that's my real answer. But if gun to my head I have to choose, I, I honestly would stick with Sermon for the rest of the year. I've i I'm not – already. i I've seen this play out ever since Shanahan has came here, and it's, it's always – Flip-flopped, and we'll talk more about this later. But welcome back, Demont.
2: Yeah, sorry, technical issues.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so ah, that, we means- can go back to Justin's dark horse, right?
3: Let's go. What, Justin, what, who's what your dark horse did, for week two? Did you already go over yours? We already did, yeah. so we'll just uh, wait for yours. I don't think anyone got mine, but I got to go with my boy Chase Edmonds. And I know I, – I would say he's kind of fringe. That's why I was okay putting him there because maybe you have a better option. But I think this week he blows up. They have a good matchup against Minnesota. Uh, I think the points will be there. And I think the more time goes on, Chase Edmonds is going to be more of a more PPR guy, as we saw. I just love that matchup against the Vikings, and I want to roll that out, no doubt.
0: Hey, when you're a guy who's starting him as your RB1, you got to love to hear it. So, of course, I want (laughs) Chase Edmonds to blow up this week. That's not a bad pick. I've been high on them all offseason. Uh, they do have a great matchup this week. Ride Chase Edmonds into the sun as your dark horse this week, Justin, and be confident.
3: You got a call out for fantasy points? What are we thinking? Uh, if, if it's fair, if it's not enough, tell me, but 15 plus easily. I would oh, put good. him fringe 20, maybe plus.
0: I think his Yahoo projection is right around uh, 14 and a half right now. So if you want to shoot just a little bit shy over that, maybe 16, 17,
3: that's good. I'll go 17 plus for him. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, I think that's
1: fair because, like I was talking about with league winners, there's different levels of this dark horse thing, right? Like my A.J. Dillon super deep sleeper start this week, right? But Esmonds, maybe you're considering him in your RB2 spot and you're not sure. And so Justin's saying start, you know, put him in your RB2 spot and feel good about it
3: yeah i mean maybe i'm fortunate enough to have him as a flex so i treat him as a flex option but if you're worried about a wide receiver like a, a corey davis or Edmonds, i'm going Edmonds on that that's how i put him as my dark horse i want to flex him this week but if you're starting him don't feel bad about that either
0: mm. Mm. yeah nap Oh, guys! I keep thinking I'm muted, and we keep losing demand. Technical difficulties here today. We're just not. Okay, running we'll with just keep
1: it. it going. Keep it going. At least we Justin were... came in at the right time.
0: <laughs> yeah, there we go. Right. All right. Well, that's enough of dark horses this week. Actually, Renaissance man. Another question. You want to pop that up, Jacob? Oh, sure. Callaway or Amon St. Brown, week two. Gentlemen, what are you thinking? Amon Ross,
1: Saint Here's Brown. Tough
0: questions. What kind of okay.
1: league are you playing? So I'm going to have man? to bring up their matchups this week, really quick. If somebody wants to get started, um, yeah, so for,
3: first, uh, are we talking about Equinus? So Callaway,
1: the Saints play uh Carolina, and I think we're, I think we're talking about Amon. We must be talking about Amon yeah, Ross, Saint Brown, who so is too. playing the Packers. That is. Ooh, that's a tough one, uh, Justin. You want to start with that? You you have a share of Amon Ra.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, I want to know what type of league because I hope that I can find a better flex option than that. But if I had <laughs> if if I had to say one of the two, I'm gonna go Amon because they play the Packers. The Packers just got disgraced on, and I'm assuming that they're playing the Lions. They're gonna to want to like a beat their division rival and also show up. And Week One was just a fake, so. I'm going to go almond um, saying that they're going to go down by 20 and just have to air it out nonstop. Other than that, I don't like either, but if I had to choose, it would be almond. Um.
1: I don't like either option either, to be honest, but if I'm sitting there, these are my only two options in my for my flex, my last flex, I'm going um, almond Ross St. Brown. Just I know the Detroit wide receivers did not do too much last week if all the balls were going to the running backs and, and TJ Hawkinson, but... Uh, for the eye test. Cause I watched, a, I watched that whole game against the Niners and the uh, to the eye test for me, Amon ra looked really good. So
0: I will have to play devil's advocate here. I'm going to go Marquez, uh, Marquez Calloway. I know that Jamin Winston tremendous week one performance. You're not going to get that every week out of him. And not only that, he had that great week one performance and Marquez Callaway was not even involved. I think he only had one target or something along those lines. Um, he had a tremendous showing in preseason. At some point, that's going to have to prove noteworthy, and I think that comes up again in week two. I'm starting Marquez Callaway over Amonté Brown. If you guys want to book it down, Renaissance Man just gave it to us. He gave us the perfect. I'm
1: not opportunity. booking that down. I'm just that's I said that's like a gun to my head answer.
3: I'm not booking it down. hardest book it down. I wouldn't know what to do. I'm gonna stay away from that. But I like your. <laughs> I like the way you act.
0: Oh hey, thanks, Renaissance, man. We appreciate it. Do with it what you will, and good luck to you, my friend. Let us know
3: what type of league and how many players. I'm curious why you're under that. Yeah, if you got the time, let us know the deets of your league, and we'll be
0: sure to get into it a little bit more if we have the time. Guys, we're moving into our sleepers. this Not our sleepers. We're moving into our Fool's Gold players this week, week two. Before we do that, let's touch on last week's uh, Fool's Gold players. I had Damian Harris. Worked out in my favor. I mean, if you're not playing in a standard league, Damian Harris is just shaky as all get out. Very touchdown dependent. I hope he gets that way. The fumble lost him two points. Other than that, he had a 100 yard rushing game, but it doesn't cut it for fantasy purposes. So he hit for me. Jacob, you had DeAndre Swift. That didn't go so well. Uh, Joe, you had Josh Jacobs. Found his way into the end zone a few times. Didn't go so well. Justin, you and I both hit two for two. You chose Tua Loa. And he did what you said he was going to do, underperform.
3: <laughs> that's right. <laughs>
0: that's right. That, the no, that's all to say, I yeah. like it. So let's get into our week two fool's goal players.
3: Uh, Justin, I'll start with you. Hot off the press, man. Let's get it. I'm sad because I see I share a fool's goal with somebody, but I put Swift. And same reasons I want to go on Amon and the viewer question I don't think that Swift is going to have the allowance to hit this week because, yes, he's a he's a dynamic and a PPR style back. But we saw the usage Jamal Williams get. So I think I'm going Williams over Swift. That's why I rather not go Swift's way. They play the Packers. I think Packers Packers are going to smoke them.
1: Bro, I think we can cut this all into one video because Justin chose Swift as his uh, fool's gold this week. DeMont's going the whole Detroit backfield, Swift and Williams. So, DeMont, why are those your uh, fool's gold this week?
2: They're my fool's gold this week because I think that somebody will start – there's somebody out there, right, that's going to start Jamal Williams. Try either – yeah, if they have both of them, they're going to start both of them, which is probably a mistake because – Guys, when's the last time the starting running back and a backup running back got eight catches? Like, that doesn't happen. Like, that just doesn't happen. And that's where they did most of their damage, especially in a PPR league. Um, I could see somebody benching James Robinson, right, because of that week and Carlos Hyde and then starting uh, Williams. That's probably Justin. I wouldn't do that just because I think that game was a fluke. It was all game script. Things happened that shouldn't happen to allow them to get all those points. So that's why that's my fool's goal because you'll be chasing what happened that last week when
3: I don't think that's possible again. I, I hear you, but to counter, I that's why I include Williams. They have no wide receivers. They have one tight end that's basically their only receiver that they can trust. Someone's got to catch the ball, and that's going to be Swift or Williams. And in a game script like this, I go Williams, hence the Swift bench.
2: Yeah, sure, but then like you said, or like say – so you start? Would you start Williams like one one flex PPR over James Robinson?
3: Uh, no, 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 no. I, I think James Robinson is better than both of them. I'm speaking yeah. specifically from that backfield. Yeah, it would that's be a good. it would be a ballsy move, but that's why it's fool's goal. To Bench Swift and start Jamal Williams. That's what I would do.
0: Okay. Bench, bench Swift and drop that. I will do a fool's goal. That, that I is, will do a yeah. book it down, my friend. That's a good okay, one. Book it down there. Who has the better fantasy week, Jamal Williams or? DeAndre Swift. What's because, weird is that Williams got more boy.
3: carries. Like that's like it's just weird. That because was a hold weird on, one. My boy, uh, because he's my boy, I'll take that. I got Jamal Williams this week over Swift. Let's do oh. it. Better
0: fantasy fish finish, DeAndre Swift what? or or Jonathan Williams. I'm going DeAndre Swift. Justin's Jamal. going I mean, Jamal Williams. Williams. Jamal Williams. <laughs> Swift. Guys, take what you want.
2: Swift.
1: Oh, that is tough man
2: that's easy dude that That was all game script
1: yeah no i'm going swift i'm going swift because uh jamal williams had way less fantasy points until that last uh drive by Jared goff and lions so
0: scribe scribe jacob get it down for us book it down (laughs) please we appreciate you i love it uh i'll throw my two cents in really quick just because we're on the topic Um, yeah, man, I think that if the same thing happens, like it did last week, where you're going to see the Detroit lions down by a lot of points, we talked about it earlier. We expect Aaron Rodgers to return to form to at least some extent this week. And if he does that, the lions are going to be chasing points. And I don't think you're going to be running the ball a ton. I think you're going to be passing the ball. I know that they're both applicable applicable. I know that they're both good – see, I had to change my words there because I couldn't <laughs> pronounce the other one. They're both good pass-catching options. I think Swift is the better pass-catcher, though, and I think he's going to get more work. So, so I'll you're program. going with Swift, right? I'm Not going with Swift. Swift. Okay, okay, okay. I feel like they're probably even pass-catchers. <laughs> well, they both caught eight passes last week, last week so it's the best scenario.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if they both finished, like, within one or two fantasy points of each other to end the year, to be honest. And that's that's good for Williams because nobody expected that from Williams.
3: Whoa, True. Whoa, be a great value. Don't say nobody buddy. Except so, Justin. I'll, <laughs> except Justin. I'll, give you one, I'll give you one more selling point. Swift is young. Swift got banged up. You don't sign someone like Jamal Williams to not utilize him. I'm just going to leave it at that. All <laughs> right, man. Yeah, leave there. it
0: as that and let the cards fall where they fall. We're moving on to uh, Jacobs, fool's gold player for week two. Who do you got, my friend? Mm-hmm. Well – This choice comes,
1: it has a lot more behind it, but I'll try to keep it short and sweet. Uh, My fool's gold for this week is Elijah Mitchell or Eli Mitchell of the San Francisco 49ers. And this is basically, uh, you know, uh, has to do with how, look, he had a great performance, right? In, In week one. No, I wake up Sunday morning and sermons, healthy scratch, and you know, Moster. Everybody's like, "Oh, Moster," and Moster gets injured, and then we have Elijah Mitchell to step in. They Shanahan didn't plan for this. He just made the choice within the game. Yes, he played well against the Lions, and if you saw that one huge play he had, they like the Lions that didn't know what to do. <laughs> they, they, and so I think that's a testament to how bad the the Lions' defense is compared to how good Elijah Mitchell Mitchell is. And look, I like him. He's he. I've been keeping my eye on him for a while because I'm a 49ers fan, but I don't know. I just do not trust Kyle Shanahan for fantasy. I love him as my team's football coach because the bottom line, what I should care about as a fan is if they win. So I don't care who their running back is as long as they win. But for fantasy purposes, I think as a fantasy manager, fantasy analysts or whatever, you have the right to complain about these types of situations because even though Kyle Shanahan has no reason to tell the public or tell the media who his starting running backs are going to be, or who's going to be the uh, active week one, it hurts so many different people. Like all these, these are people's careers who cover this stuff. And they're like telling you start Trey Sermon. And in DFS, people were talking about Trey Sermon as a, as a huge play for DFS, as a very affordable option for DFS. And people wake up, Maybe some people don't wake up until right before the games start. And they're like, wait a minute. what? Well, I just lost my DFS matchup because they, they put a healthy scratch on this guy. We've all been hyping up all offseason. And to me, that's equivalent to like a, a betting matchup and the betting odds in Vegas. And then they don't say who the starting quarterback is. And the day of, they're like, oh, the guy you thought it was is a healthy scratch. It's the other guy. Like, you just can't do that. I mean, he can do it. He has the right to do it. But like in my mind, as fantasy managers, we don't want to see that. So you, to me – you can't trust the 49ers and apparently you can't trust the wide receivers either, but that's a conversation for another day. To me, you can't trust who's going to have the hot hand, who it's going to be. If maybe Eliza Mitchell is in the RB one for the next three weeks, then the next week it's Trey Sermon. Then when mm-hmm. Jeff Wilson jr. Comes back, it's Jeff Wilson jr. And it, it's going to be nonstop all year. So for me, you don't know. I don't feel comfortable starting Eliza Mitchell. I actually have him in a few weeks but, and, and I'm not starting him unless I absolutely have to. So for me, and look, th- I could be wrong. He could be the number one waiver wire pickup, top five running back for the rest of the year. That's possible, but I don't believe it. And I think you're better off if you have better options this week than Liza Mitchell.
0: Jacob, let it all out, my friend. Let it <laughs> yeah, all let out. It. Oh, so man. I I woke up
2: that morning.
0: I hear a Niner fan. No, but in combination
1: with Mitchell is Debo full school too for you? um kind of but i i think debo's still gonna be good like i just okay. don't i don't people are ride, lock it down elijah mitchell rb1 that's what people are doing and i'm like no mm-hmm. don't do it and justin it's not i would go the opposite way if i was going for my homerism because i said i i don't care we we beat the lions he, elijah mitchell balled out he helped us get that win that's that's what a homer should say i'm I'm the opposite. I'm upset for myself and other no, fantasy. Managers.
3: No, no. I'm saying I feel. I hear the pain. because oh, I'm minor like so, like, like so I, invested I, in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and as we see every year under this uh, coaching staff, like we loved McKinnon, and then it ended. It's just, it's a yeah. hard, it's a hard spot to pick every week. No,
0: I know. What it's you it's you a mean, hard what I mean. knock life. All right, you just gotta shoot and hope it lands, my friend. Good luck to you and your team. We have another. Uh, by the way, that was the conclusion of your rant for your uh, fool's gold player this week. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Uh, Renaissance man pops in with another question. We'll be sure to get to it right now. What are your thoughts on KJ Osborne? Uh, he is the currently the third string receiver for the Minnesota Vikings, Justin's Minnesota Vikings. Nine targets, seven receptions, 72 yards. Look, he had a great showing. This is a guy that we might be telling you to pick up in two weeks from now. For me, I got to see more before I believe it. Um, They have other options there. They're still trying to figure out that tight end position with Herndon and uh, Conklin. You know, we know Thielen and Jefferson are going to get theirs. And at the core of it, they're a running football team. So I don't know if I trust maybe the fourth option. He was getting that slot work, so that's good to see. But I think I got to see a little bit more before i jumped the gun and set off the fireworks for a guy like J- kj osborne so i hope that helps renaissance man any any thoughts from the
3: uh, minnesota man himself if he if he's in a deep deep leak like that then i mean i wouldn't mind it because we lost the tight end that we had hopes for we we're running more three wide receiver sets so he's going to be on the field more however jj had like a uh low end ish type of day that we expect out of him i don't i don't see that happening often they yeah. both had nine targets but uh if you add a score or two for jj that takes away like offensive plays it's odd I-, I would hold for now but if you're in that deep of league it might be all right
2: yeah like an 18 team league yeah
0: 18. you know what i heard 18. about today because we have a little bit of time but i'll shoot off my uh my uh fool's goal player in a minute you know what i heard about today guillotine leagues have you guys ever heard of them before yeah so they're kind of what the mod just they're said they're fun. eight They're 18-team leagues, right? So you get 18 guys, or they could be 16. You could just play the first 16 games of the season. And what they do is you draft your team, and each week the team with the lowest point total is eliminated for the rest of the season. And his team's players go to the waiver wire where everybody else has a chance to blindly bid some sort of amount of FAB, whether it be $1,000 or $100, on their team's players. So what happens is week by week, these teams that are the lowest-scoring teams hit the chopping block. And to be quite honest with you, I think you can start one at any given time in the season. So if you guys are open to it, we can talk about it after the that show. Sounds fun. That sounds like a pretty fun I concept. definitely
1: want to try one one day, to be honest.
2: I don't think yeah, I've yeah. ever gotten a, a lowest-scoring team ever, except for last year, because that don't count. That
3: don't count. <laughs> oh, yeah. The winner know. goes undefeated, technically, huh?
0: Well, not necessarily just have to not goes undefeated. They just don't have <laughs> to so score. The,
3: they don't score the lowest oh, amount of yeah, points. The yeah, score, yeah. So
0: it's not even about weekly matchups oh, against one person. Yeah. You're basically playing the board of points. So I if you have the lowest amount already. of points out of the 18 guys, you're going home. Your team goes on the waiver wire, and everybody and else cool gets to beat on them.
1: Just because week one, let's say Kamara goes to the waiver wire week one, that doesn't mean you want to spend all your fab because CMC exactly. can be on the waiver wire the next mm-hmm. week. So you got to strategize. In the, I'm down to try one one day.
0: Interesting. All right. I'm down to try one too. We have a lot of questions in the comments. I'm going to get to my fool's goal player right now so that we can address all these comments down at the bottom. Uh, so my uh, fool's goal player for week two is Atlanta running back Mike Davis. He looks good. I mean, I know DeMond and I were texting Uh, DeMond was texting the group chat, I should say, and he had mentioned that Mike Davis looked pretty good. That was before things got a little bit rough. But uh, he looked good early on, and he had a pretty decent performance. Not even the man himself, Zeke, had a great performance against his next opponent, which is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Don't expect any handouts from them, and don't expect anything from Mike Davis. I am full shying away. Even if you drafted him as your RB2, find someone else. Find someone else. It's a red horn alert. That team did not look good. They're going to have other people running the ball, Cordell Patterson as well and company. So Mike Davis, full shy away this week against a horrendous matchup. He's not even half the talent that Zeke is. No offense because he's half the talent and more than I am. I, I don't, that was a really poor really? analogy. He's <laughs> 10 times better than I'll ever be. But I'm just saying against that Tampa Bay front. You don't want to start Mike Davis. So stay away from him. He is my full goals. He is my full's gold player for week two. All righty. We got a few minutes left. Let's jump into these comments here. Uh, Johnny Quest coming into the house. Shefty was talking before the game that he had heard Mitchell beat him on the depths chart. I think Mitchell is a first and second down with Hasty on third. Do you guys feel the same? I'll tell you right now uh, Justin and Jacob both hinted at it slightly. My eyes are on a guy like Jeff Wilson Jr. We saw last year when Raheem Mostert missed time. Everyone thought he'd just kind of be put to the side after he missed that time. He came back. He was instantly inserted back into the team, into the role. He was a lead back, 14, 15 carries a game. Jeff Wilson, the same way. I remember a game a couple of weeks or last season where it was him and McKinnon on the depth chart. McKinnon comes in, 14 carries gets hurt then insert Jeff Wilson Jr. he blows up in the second half who's the guy that comes out next week Jeff Wilson 16 carries that game so i think if there's a repertoire of players here who have a chance to succeed i like a guy i i would stash someone like Jeff Wilson Jr. who's for sure on numerous waiver wires right now because he's on currently on the PUP list not eligible to return until week 6 you know we talk about how weird Shanahan is He likes his guys who, you know, who have showed up in the past. Jeff Wilson is a guy who has showed up in the past, who has been injured before, and has continued to pop up on waiver wire shows again and again. I like a guy like Jeff Wilson Jr. But for right now, yeah, yeah, for right now, what are you guys thinking about? This is all you, Jake. This is all mine. The thing
1: about and obviously I talked about this in depth, but the thing about the Shefty thing is the problem is that was reported on Sunday morning and. Look, I woke up at 930 that morning, so I wake up. I got to make some quick moves. But, you know, so a lot of people are up early, so maybe they have time to make those adjustments. But I, uh, it's not like we knew three days ahead of time or nobody knew this until Sunday morning. So that's the problem with that. So it's not like people can't pretend like I knew this was going to happen, like it was reported on ESPN Sunday morning. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's a good chance. Eliza Mitchell has a good game this week, but I just don't trust it season long, honestly. And, and yeah, I just, yeah, I
0: already talked about it. So, so we're good. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, it looks like we got our keep trade cut segment for the day. Virtue uh, brought to you by Gio Ramos. Gio says, it looks like it's a Niners day here, guys. I promise we're not a Niners dedicated Mm -hmm. podcast, but it is keep trade bench i think it's keep trade cut is what i would think because you can't keep a guy and bench him at the same time so we're gonna go keep trade cut george kittle debo Samuel, elijah mitchell what is this okay
1: so he said i think for this question because you would never drop any of those guys so his keep trade bench actually makes sense so i think he's saying it should be start trade bench right
0: well you're starting george kittle he's your tight end so then it's between the flex spot, Debo or Elijah Mitchell. Well, what, what you could do,
1: you could trade Kittle and start Debo, you know? That's a possibility because you might get more value for Kittle. But, I, I mean, I look, I would start Kittle, trade Debo, and uh, bench Elijah Mitchell if I have to choose between
0: these three for that. I'd trade Kittle, uh, keep Debo, cut Elijah Mitchell. Actually, you know what? Take that back. Bench. Cut is a strong word. Bench. Bench. bench.
3: Justin? I keep Kittle bench Elijah trade Debo.
1: <laughs> yeah, because you can. This is probably the highest value Debo is going to be
3: at this week. So no way, he's a stud, man. You, I didn't want to say anything because you all are Niner fans, but that dude's a good wide receiver, and everyone hyped up Ayuk. I don't know in what world Ayuk goes above him, but Debo's better than Ayuk, so I think he's Justin be a and I.
0: Game. Justin, I couldn't agree with you more, and I've agreed with you in the past. Uh We were both high on Debo over Ayuk. That's better why out I don't that's
1: recall what, you guys ever
3: saying that, but okay. That's why you're, that's why Let's you're a pull league it winner, up. Let okay? me, me prove. Wait, Justin, what'd you say? I said, that's why you're a league winner, because you agree with me. That's what yeah, happens of when course. you agree with and me. And if
0: you don't recall, Jacob, last week on the pod, I told Joe straight up, well, to be honest, better rest of the season, a or Debo Samuel. This is why our
1: t- videos titled Overreacting to Week 1, because that is no – implication on whether Ayuk is better than debo or not that's this that has nothing oh. to do with it it's shanahan playing his mind games again so that's all but that i can
0: tell ayuk you that debo is better than ayuk i mean he's just better physically he's a he's a more talented wide receiver i think they serve different roles i won't disagree with you there ayuk is good at what he does i just think but that's
1: debo samuel is the guy that you're gonna get the ball i just to think that's Washington. so easy to say right now because like 95 percent of people we were
0: saying Iuk was better than him all off. Justin and I said it before week one. We are the gods. How many, and how Justin many times, is the wide receiver guru himself.
3: How many times do I have to tell you about the hype boys of the world and the Ayuk being one of them? It's it's not saying he's bad, but Debo is the wide receiver one for that team. Wouldn't you say as a Niner fan? Uh, well,
1: it just we didn't know going into this year because Debo struggled with injuries and Ayuk took the job last year, so we didn't
0: know. So all right. Well, hey, we can't keep this in Niners podcast. I'm sorry. Well, look, Gio, they were very I understand relevant
1: this week, so that's they why were all very not very always going to be talking about Gio,
0: I understand you can't start every single 49er that you have on your team. Uh, good luck with that, my friend. With that being said, I think that's going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Feel free to drop a like and subscribe. Like I said, I guarantee you win your fantasy matchup this week if you subscribe, so please do it. If you haven't, if you've already (laughs) subscribed, unsubscribe, and then subscribe again. You'll win your fantasy matchup. It works that way, too. Uh, You can catch us anywhere you get your podcasts. That's Spotify, Apple, anywhere else. You can find us on our socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Facebook, and as well as YouTube, at First Round Fantasy. Please feel free to fill out that trade evaluation form. We're just sitting here waiting to discuss all those fancy trades you got for us. We love to talk fantasy football, and we love to communicate with you guys. With that being said, good luck with all your fantasy matchups in week two, and we will talk to you next week. Peace.